Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride. Because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We are most excited for our guest today. Mr. Bob Berg, we're just so honored to have you here. Um, and so I'll tell you a little bit about him, but, but we're just grateful to have you here. So welcome to the podcast, Bob. Thank you. It's great to be with both of you. And congratulations on all the amazing success you're having with the podcast. Wow. Thank you so much. So much. So let me just tell you a little bit about Bob. So for over 30 years, Bob has been successfully showing entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and really to accelerate their referral business. So He's been best known for his classic endless referrals, but it's his business parable, The Go-Giver, which he co-authored with John David Mann that has created a worldwide movement. And Maria, you've actually been talking about The Go-Giver and telling me about it for a long time. So you really have. Part of a four-book series, The Go-Giver itself has sold more than 1 million copies and has been translated into 30 languages. What? That's amazing. So it was rated number 10 on magazine's list of most motivational books ever written and was on HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. So Bob, you're an advocate, a supporter and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He's also unapologetic animal fanatic and serves on the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption and Clinic in his town of Jupiter, Florida. So we're so grateful to have you here and just so excited to learn from you and for our listeners to learn from you as well. I'm grateful to be here with both of you. Awesome. Well, first question, because I, so I did, I read the book and I've gone back many times and referenced the laws in it. And it's just, it is chock full of just chock full of so many gems, so much wisdom, but in order to, for you to have written that and gotten that out there in the world, would you share with our audience just a little bit about your story? You know, who, who is Bob Berg, the author? Um, and then maybe can dig a little bit into the book, but I would just love our audience to get to know you a little bit as well, because obviously something happened <laughs> in your life or experiences to get you to a point to be able to share so much goodness. Well, thank you. Um, I mean, I, I was very fortunate to be uh, born to great parents, so that really helped. And, uh, you know, I think, I think they taught me and I just learned from observing them how to be a decent person and how to look to give value to others and make the world as good a place as you can. And, uh, you know, as I, as I got older and I got into business, I began as a broadcaster first in radio and then television. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't really that good on television and I kind of, I'd say graduated into sales. 
And uh, yeah, now the, 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 pro <laughs> the right. problem was that I had no sales, formal sales training experience. And the, the company where I, you know, I was working for, uh, that wasn't a high priority for them. And, and so I was sort of on my own. And I floundered really for, you know, a few months. I mean, I, I, Jim Rohn, a, a great uh, speaker who you may be familiar with, who, who was just so wonderful. He, he would have said that I had the motivation, but not the information. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you've got to have that. Well, you can have both. I mean, you can have all the information, but if you don't have the motivation, you're probably also not going anywhere fast. You'll just know it better. Right. And yeah. so, yeah. And so um, I one day was in a, a bookstore and I saw a couple of books on selling. Now that doesn't sound like a big deal, but this was about 40 years ago. And mm -hmm. back then that just wasn't as prevalent as it is yeah. today. You know, I didn't know such a thing existed. So I saw a, a, one of the titles was by Zig Ziglar. One was by Tom Hopkins, two of the iconic sales teachers of our yes. generation. And, and I was inspired just to know there was a book on selling, that there was a methodology to it. I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> so I brought it home and I started studying it and I would come home every day after work and, you know, from dinner on to like one, two in the morning, I was just reading, studying, highlighting, note taking, practicing. I mean, and within a few weeks, my sales went through the roof. OK, and there was really very little difference in me from three weeks earlier until uh, three weeks later, other than I now had that information. I had a methodology. I had a, a system. A uh, now, yeah. Now, I define personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how to principles. The oh, key being, good. huh? That's so good. <laughs> well, thank you. And well, the key is predictability, because if it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A. And eventually you're going to get the desired results of, of B. And so, you know, again, this was this was very encouraging. So I started getting really into sales and sales teaching and attending seminars. But here was the best part that it was not just the how-to aspect of sales. It was all the books and well, back then tapes. I'm a lot older than y'all, so I, I'm I'm dating myself here. These are hey. these are these were cassette tape programs. I have the cassette uh, tapes from Zig Ziglar that I listened to when I turned sixteen. Yeah, that my, your daddy my, probably yeah, gave you. <laughs> in my Chevy Spectrum, driving around like all my friends are listening to yes. you know, Steph Leopard, yeah. and I'm listening to How to Make Friends and What Influence. Yeah, yes, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, uh, that is that is so wonderful. I remember a a great friend of mine uh, who told me that uh, when she was a kid, she and her brother, her parents would always have Zig's cassette tapes in the car. Uh, they they also sent the kids, and the kids didn't really want to go because they were too young to know. Right. But they sent them to the week, one of Zig's weekends. Uh, wow, and, what a gift! Yeah, and they said it was like the best thing in their lives, and. Um, and, you know, it was, they look back on it and it was like, oh, wow, they were so thankful for their parents, you know, to their yes. parents. Doing it. But yeah, so, uh, so uh, yeah, so I totally inundated myself with that, but it was the, the personal development aspect mm. that I really discovered and I loved it. Um, I was not a good student in high school. I barely graduated. 
Uh, I got into college on academic probation, which, you know, it's no big deal. A lot of people do that. But I actually graduated on academic probation. That's how bad I was. I just had no respect for formal education. And I re regret that now, of course. But back then, I just kind of didn't really. And so my education started when I got in sales my real mm -hmm. education, because I started getting the books, the how to win friends and influence people, the uh, think and grow rich, the as a man yeah. think it, the magic of thinking big and, and uh, the richest man in Babylon. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, all the, the Earl Nightingale program and all the, all the, the, those, those remarkable, wonderful uh, personal development materials. And really what I came to realize is that success is an inside job. It, it builds in here. Now it manifests itself externally, okay? Mm -hmm. But it starts in here. And so it was just such a wonderful experience for me to be in sales and to really be into personal development. And eventually, you know, years later, I worked my way up to sales manager of a company and then started teaching others how to do the same and, and got into the, the speaking business profession, started writing books. And, and as they used to say on Seinfeld, if you ever watch those reruns, yada, 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 here we are today, the three of us talking. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So give us a quick premise of the book itself. And maybe you just want to, what the go-giver applies and just a quick yeah. premise. So the Go-Giver itself, um, and there's a series of four, three of the books are parables. Uh, they're co-authored with John David Mann, who's an absolutely fantastic writer. I'm much more of a how-to person. I'm step one, step two, step three. So I'm boring. John is a magnificent writer and storyteller. So we teamed up on these and collaborated. And um, the basic premise is simply this that shifting your focus, and this is, I think, where it really all begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Mm. is not only a, a, a more pleasant way, a more fulfilling way of conducting business, yes. it's the most financially profitable way mm. as well. And not for some you know, way out there, woo-woo type of magical, mystical reasons. Not, not at all. It's actually very logical. It's very rational. Because when you think about it, when you're that person mm -hmm. who can take your focus off of yourself mm. and focus on, on serving others, making their lives better, discovering what they want, what they need, what mm. they desire, helping, to, helping them to solve and or overcome their problems and challenges. When you can be that person helping another person get closer to happiness, okay? People feel good about you. They wanna get to know you. They mm -hmm. like you, they trust you. They wanna yes. be in relationship with you. They wanna do business with you if, if that's, if, you know, if they need what you sell and so forth. Yeah. But they definitely, want to tell others about you. They wanna be what we call your personal walking ambassador. And mm. of course there are five laws that John and I wrote that go along with that, that mm. premise. How did you come up with those laws? Again, was that from your personal development experience? Because to me, those laws are very much of the how-to part yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you come up with those? Was that just from your own experience or? Well, you know, John was also a great entrepreneur before he got into writing. And so both of us kind of put our heads together and said, what is it that the successful people do? Okay. And what is it? Because we 
both studied success and both had the opportunity to him as a, a journalist to interview some of the most successful people in the world myself as a speaker to get to appear on stage with some of those people and and be hired by their companies so i get to know them and so there's a lot to work with, a lot of information to work with yeah. and we basically said so what is it that the consistently the sustainably successful people do okay now they may not know they do it they may just do it intuitively okay yes. uh and some know exactly what it is they're doing so others don't but what is it that they do that allows them to be successful okay that that other people don't necessarily do and it really came down to those five laws now here's the thing John and I, we did not make up those laws, yeah. right? I mean, because again, people have, successful people have done them since time immemorial, right? Right. Um, but what we did is just sort of, uh, I guess, decipher them, if that's the right word, distill them yes. and put them together. And of course- We packaged them beautifully. Oh, so thank you. Well, that's John, you know, that's his, that's his amazing writing. And, and so I, I think that's really what it, what it is. And I think that's why the book got off to such a, a great start because the, the people who were the first readers, the early adopters of the book that really got the momentum going, weren't the people who needed it. Mm. It was the people who already were successful. And, you know, we would get emails from people saying, yeah, this is exactly how I built my fortune. This is how I built my business. This is how I, this, and that. but my people won't believe me. So you really and, put you know, language to it for them. Huh? You really put language for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so we were kind of like that. Third, yeah, we were that third party credibility, right? For the, for the person who <laughs> yes. already hit, right? And uh, yeah, and so then the second wave, you know, that we'd hear from are the people who either got the book because their mentor told them they had to get this or somebody bought it for their entire team and what this was, you know, and I think that's what happened. So, so again, that's why we like to say there's nothing new in what we've written. It's only the way it's presented. It really is such a gift because you can have all these concepts and know things in your head, but until you can put language to it, you can't give, give the gift and repeat right, it, right? So it's such right. a gift that you were able to put language, put language to people's struggle and oh, how they, you, you know, so, so thank you for that. Thank oh, you for well, that gift. <laughs> so was there one piece of advice that you received before you even knew anything about what being a go-giver really entailed that was really a big difference maker for you? Yeah. You know, I love that question because it reminds me of a conversation I had with a person, mm. I, I would say 38 years ago, because I say I always, and I don't know if it was exactly that, but I always <laughs> say 40 years ago is pretty much when I got into sales, right? And I had done well for those couple of years. I had really learned and I'd studied and I'd grown, but about two years into it, I went to work for another company uh, selling a, a high ticket item. And I got off to a horrible start. I was in a sales slump and the, you know, the harder I tried, the worse it was. And, and I was really pressing. And of course I put my focus totally on myself instead of on the customer where it should have been, right? Kind of a rookie mistake, you know, a, a young salesperson's mistake. I went, I came back to the office one day and uh, standing there was a gentleman. He was an older gentleman who was not in the, he was with the company, but he was not in the sales department. I think he was an engineer and I think he retired soon after, but he was one of these, these people. I didn't know him very well. I think probably just said hello in the, the hallways. Uh, nice guy. He didn't say a lot, but 
you know, these people, and we all know these people, when they do say something, it's always really profound. Yes. Yeah. And he was one of these people. (laughs) And I think he saw me sort of as Joe in the story who I would, you know, write about 25 years later, what have you, you know, he saw me as that young, up and coming, ambitious, aggressive, really going after it, you know, salesperson, but whose focus was in the wrong place and who was very frustrated and not living up to his potential. And he was right. That was me. And he said to me, Berg, he was a last name kind of guy. He said to me, Berg, can I give you some advice? Mm. And I said, yes, please do. I I need it. Yeah. And he said, you know, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Mm. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward and that reward will come in the form of money and you can do with that money whatever you choose Hmm. but never forget he said the money is simply the reward for hitting the target it ain't the target itself your target Hmm. is serving others and what that said to me was this great salesmanship is never about the salesperson Mm -hmm. Uh, great salesmanship is never about the product or service as important as as those are Mm -hmm. great salesmanship is always about the other person it's about those people whose lives you are attempting to add value to really when you think about it it's about another person's life being better just Mm -hmm. because you are part of it which is so rewarding Exactly. It's such a rewarding mentality. And it's, um, it's, I love how you say that, Bob, I do a lot in sales coaching with people. And that's the basic premise that I teach is most people that believe that sales is about convincing other people. And when you're convincing and grasping for them, they're not actually entering into something from a place of freedom. Right. And when you're just there to serve them and when they choose it, there's no resistance. Perfect. And a lot of times I think when we're in convincing energy, yeah, I can convince you to do something. I'm, I know I'm pretty good at sales, but you might be, you might be, have a lot of resentment towards me a month down the road because you didn't really freely choose it. And so if we can teach about servant energy and just showing up and serving the soul in front of us well, and allowing them to choose in freedom where they want to go, you're going to feel better. And you're also going to be a lot more successful in life. So I just, this just puts such language to me of like my true, deeply convicted belief in the sales process and really how to live your life of just showing up and being that go-giver. So thank you. It's just, you're brilliant. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. I think what you said is so very wise. And a lot of times when people say, and you've probably heard people, you know, tell you, well, I could never be in sales. I don't, I don't like sales. It's (laughs) not that they don't like sales. It's that they don't like what they think sales is. Yes. Would you run with that a little bit? Because I think we, we hear that from a lot of people that they hate sales, right? And, it, and what is your philosophy on what actual sales is? You have someone out there, they're in sale, you know, or starting off into that journey. Everything is sales, really. It, well, exactly it is. And if, you, and if a person thinks that sales is about, as you said, convincing someone especially to buy something they don't want or need. First, that's not selling. That's called being a con artist. 
So what is selling really? By definition, I believe selling is simply discovering what the other person does need, want, or desire and helping them to get it. Mm. Here's the interesting thing. The old English root of the word sell is salan, which meant to give. So when you're selling, you're literally giving. Now, someone might say, wait a second, Berg, that's all clever and all, but selling, giving, isn't that just semantics? And I don't think it is. And I'll tell you why. Mm. You have a prospective customer or client in front of you. You're in the sell, you're, you're selling, okay? Now, what are you giving? You're selling. What exactly are you giving? I suggest you're giving that person time, mm. attention, counsel, education, empathy, and most of all, immense value. That's what mm. selling really is. And, and, and that's something, you know, who wouldn't like to do that, right? So that's <laughs> like, right? So if we, if we reframe what selling is to what it really is, yes. well, we can be very proud of being a sales professional. Oh, I love that. So I want to shift gears just a little bit. What would you say to someone who's out there that maybe they've been very successful in their career and they're working, maybe they're working in corporate America, maybe they're working as an entrepreneur, and then they hit a slump mm -hmm. where for whatever reason, maybe it's a situation at their job, maybe it's just, you know, part of the entrepreneur life or whichever what would you say to that person where they feel themselves just falling into that space where they're feeling like a failure, feel like they can't even kind of get through their day? What would you say to that person? Well, the first thing you've got to do is to understand that it's very human. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the best the best baseball players hit a slump. Mm. You know, even the yes. greatest hitters in the world hit a slump. The greatest basketball players, uh, people who can sink a three-pointer, you know, from now to, 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 you know, New Year's, sometimes they miss and they miss a bunch of times. It's just how it is, okay? Once you know that, you're, you're in a better position to deal with it. What happens a lot of times is sort of just like getting a lot of no's. It, it's not the no's that, that, that are the problem. It's thinking that we're the only ones getting them. <laughs> right? So once we realize that a slump is just part of sales, now we know that what we've got to do is what? Just keep working our way out of it. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean we don't take into consideration what we might be doing wrong, because sometimes there's a reason for a slump, just like the reason that that great shooter misses the three pointers is because they're not following through or they're, you know, doing so, what have you. Sometimes where there's a mechanical issue. Okay. So that's why you get with a coach or you get with, you know, whomever it is and you get some, you get some assistance. Uh, and, and, you know, again, you work through it, you make sure that you don't make them the meta mistake of when you're in a slump pressing so hard that you take your focus off your customer and make it about yourself, right? So, you know, there's all these things that we can do that we can, you know, when we're in a slump and then eventually, you know, we, the sale happens and then we say, okay, we're, we're good, good to go. Everything's figure outable, right? Yeah, you're right, just like Marie right. says. Yep. That's right, and this useful path. <laughs> well, something we like to ask all of our guests on this Girl Water Your Grass podcast is, how are you watering your grass and, and what advice would you have for our listeners to water their own grass this week? Just very practically. Well, to me, you know, water your grass says, take care of yourself, take care of what's going on. Make sure you're doing the right things. It's yeah. going to fill you. And that's going to, uh, because, you know, we, we know it, we can't give from an empty cup. 
we've got to also take care of ourselves. Now, you know, sometimes I think there's that that false dilemma, that unnecessary use of the word or where people say, well, should we take care of ourselves or take care of others? Nah, I, we don't need an or. It's not an or. It's an and. We do both. both and. Give and receive. It Breathe out, breathe in right? It, we, we do both. It's all in harmony. It's not a, and, at the, and what that means is we've got to water the ground. We've got to water our grass. Yes. And, you know, for me, I do this by reading. I, I love reading. Uh, you know, I also watch videos and I'll listen to CDs and so forth, but um, reading is kind of where I get my strength. Mm. And uh, yeah. And so that, that's kind of what I, what I do more than anything else. Do you read a lot of different genres? Like, do you read personal development and, you know, body, mind and soul, or do you really have one specific, like only nonfiction or are you kind of all over the board? Well, no, I, so I, I do a lot, I read a lot of personal development. That's probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> also a lot of uh, sales and marketing, uh, politics, philosophy, history, uh, don't read a lot of novels, which I should, because that's also good for you to expand your mind by reading fiction. That's actually a good thing to do. And I have to admit, I have not done that over the years. I used to love fiction when I was a young, you know, when I was much younger before I really got into sales. Once I did, I kind of put fiction aside and, and or yeah, fiction aside and read, but I, I kind of, if I had to do over again, I'd have continued to read fiction and made sure mm-hmm. to, to do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I read different things, but personal development is still really my go-to book. We love it. A man after our own heart. So <laughs> well, we can't thank you enough for being here and just sharing your pearls. And we encourage all of you all to check out the Go-Giver and Bob's work. You will be blessed by it. It has blessed us greatly. And we're just so grateful for you and your time today. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Girl Mother Your Dress.